name is Herb Schellenberger. I'm a programmer with the Barrick Film and Media Arts Festival, and we're really excited to be speaking today with Yu Araki, uh, whose film Fuel is part of our 2020 festival. Uh, thank you for joining me, Yu. Thank you very much for having me, Herb. Yeah. Um, I was really so impressed by the film Fuel. I'd, I'd seen several of your works before, which I greatly enjoyed as well, but this um this film really blew me away and it's sort of observational quality and but then also the simplicity of it but then the complex ideas that i think you're um engaging with the film yeah are all really kind of elegantly put together i want to start off our conversation by asking you about the process that led to the topic of the film, your travel research and thinking that led you to um, this restaurant and to the focus of the film. Well, two years ago, I was approached by a curator who wanted me to make a work that somehow deals with the Ainu culture uh, in Hokkaido. And I don't know how much everyone is familiar with Ainu, but they're indigenous people living in Hokkaido, the northern island of Japan. And historically, uh, what we now call as Hokkaido was the land of Ainu. And in the 19th century, the Wajin or the Yamato ethnicity, which I'm part of, basically took over the land. So it's almost like the Japanese equivalent of what happened in the Native Americans in the US, including all the mistreatments um, so at first I was very serious about making a video installation or video documentary about the Ainu. And then while I was doing research, I quickly hit the block of a, this, you know, sensitive issue or question how an outsider like myself can possibly portray them or represent them somehow. So um, I sort of went a detour and it was during the research trip that I came across this Robata restaurant. It was one of our coordinators it's favorite place to eat. So uh, we just decided to go for a one night dinner and I immediately thought this was the place that I want to make my new film. So it just kind of happened all accidentally. That's really excellent <laughs> um, to hear. It's nice that, you know, um, these unexpected things can unfold um, into something bigger. Um, so when you realized that the restaurant was what you wanted to focus on, what was the process like working uh, with those people and in that space? And um, how did the shooting and composition of the film kind of mm. come into your, your thinking? Yeah, um, well, the reason why I thought that it was the place for me was, yeah, it was interesting because it, all my research about Ainu culture somehow funneled into this one uh, architecture. Even I was researching in Ainu, I, I didn't go too much into the history of it, but it's more of their traditional housing, which is called Chise. And it's really centered around a fireplace. And it's it's got a specific uh, position on where, uh, the household man should sit or the wife or the kids and all this and it was very simple and you just share stories in front of fire and you also cook and you do the rituals and then uh this restaurant was kind of had this my imaginative 
ambiance somehow fit perfectly with this mm. play. But that's that's my imagination. It's not factual at all. I'm a professional wrong interpreter, so I shouldn't be really mentioning Ainu, but I, I did get inspiration from their side of culture. And this also has a, a backstory because I was filming another film called Mountain Play Mountain a year before, which was a short film that I co-directed with Daniel Jacoby. But, and that film was about this uh, Bane horse, horse racing, which was basically what uh, cultivated the land of Hokkaido. So I, I thought it was only fair to maybe, again, make a film from the ones who were oppressed as a start. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, was, I surprised, it surprised myself how much it just didn't come out the, <laughs> the way that I anticipated at the beginning. And in terms of the actual techniques of the cinematography, I think. Oh did, yeah. Did you did you shoot the film yourself? Did you work with the cinematographer? No, it was. Uh, I attempted, but it was a okay. restaurant. It was. A, it was still in business, and I had to film while the cust- all the other customers were there. So I couldn't have you know big lighting or mm. crew. So I did it by myself. The actual filming was a span of two days. Mm-hmm. But it took me about two years to get the permission and all. And mm-hmm. it's such a popular restaurant in summer. So I had to wait until winter when there's a less, <laughs> less, less tourists. No, but it was, a, it was a lovely collaboration. The, the restaurant people were very generous. They were very open. And they even invited me to get closer to her to, towards, you know, inside a count, kitchen counter. But I thought it was a very sacred place. So uh, I decided to have a 600-millimeter 600, 600 cannon-like lens. And I just, like, pointed at her to, from the corner of the room. So it was very much fixed. And nothing, nothing was planned or storyboarded. It's very thoroughly observational. Did uh, the chef react much to your observation or what was the exchange like working with with her? Um, She had a little difficulty hearing, so there wasn't much of a conversation. She was just doing her own thing, just being pro, you know, she was doing her her, uh, everyday job, which is really graceful, I thought the way her hands move and whole process. And she can control the grill. She basically, she controls the fire in three different uh, strengths of fire, you know, weak to strong and medium. And then she, she knows where exactly to place the ingredients and what time and all this. Had you thought much about um, films about food and how food was filmed? Um, mm. Did that have any like sort of consideration in, in the way you were putting it together? Well, I've in the past I have dealt with following food. I'm I'm kind of a foodie. <laughs> I, I just love eating. So, <laughs> and this whole question, if you look at Instagram, why people photograph food, it's been kind of a interesting subject matter. At the same time, as a time-based medium, or maybe I cannot call it as a slow cinema, but slow cinema is a perfect way to capture slow cooking, maybe. Tell me about the sound design and the sort of sonic um, atmosphere of the film. Mm. I basically couldn't use any of the sound that which was recorded on site because it's everybody chatting. It's just, it's just normal izakaya type 
background noise and it's, it's going to be a pain to edit so i, I completely um, threw away that part so and then i was thinking about how to package this film um, so there's a television in the restaurant and while i was filming accidentally there was a news footage of um, yellow vest movement and also some fire hazard happening and some explosion that all happened while I was filming it was completely spontaneous um, serendipity that was pretty much towards the end of the second day of filming which was my final day of the shoot and when that moment happened I immediately knew how to put this film together and somewhere back in my mind I think the fuel the tie as a title uh kind of rang in my brain well just to give away the background sonic noise is actually a jet fuel from the airplane that's about to take off and then you I, I recorded it and during my travel to Europe it completely merged with the image somehow maybe and then uh, you start to not notice and also there's a, what do you call those? Fire sparkles or? Uh, like pops of the coals. Yes. And every time when that happens, I, I had a soundtrack of uh, slit, slit drums, and which is made out of wood. <sighs> and it just gives this kind of ambient, almost meditative quality. That was actually played by my friend. It's really interesting because um... In a way, it's just this complete construction and uh, fabrication, you know, but um, because the lens is so focused on this close shot, it does, you know, the sound um, informs like the way that we view and um, like understand the atmosphere of what's going on. The first times watching the film, I accepted that as completely naturalistic. But it just, it makes me think of like earlier eras of um, documentary from, you know, the 30s or 40s or whatever, um, and like how how they invested like artificiality into capturing this reality. It's really always interesting how when you know there's something's completely fake, you somehow start to look into reality from that fakeness. Mm. You, you mentioned it before, but I wanted to see if you could um, expand on it at all um, to really draw out the comparisons between the chise of the Ainu house and, you know, this grill. And, um, yeah, just talk a bit more through, well, first, what that chise is, and then you're thinking of how you connected um, these things because it's it's not an association that many people would make but I think like actually it um, quite elegantly displays you know your own kind of creative intervention into this mm. yeah no people should really uh, google first like what she say like what what it really looks like it's just a simple traditional housing I was very fascinated when my Ainu friend took me to one of these houses and she explained to me the there's this uh, window that God or spirits would go through. So you never take a photograph of it. So that's like a sacred passage. And somehow that image struck me 
of the gods passing the window. And that somehow matched with the Robotayaki restaurants, well, the fire grill and the television, which is like a window portal to another world. Um, as I was getting familiar with the chef, when she has nothing to do or she, when she has nothing to grill, she loves to watch the TV, which is behind her. Um, there, there are win other windows in the restaurant, but I intentionally cropped it. So until the television appears, you rarely see any windows at all. So you feel this entrapment into this one closed space, almost like a cave-like atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Until the moment you see the television screen, which is connected to the world. Uh, rather than literally uh, representing the Ainu Chisei, I, that was my interpretation of what my experience was visiting the Chisei. Uh, maybe the last thing I'd like to ask you about is the um, man we see eating in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And if you could talk a bit about who he is and also his function within the film. Um, the man who appears in the film eating is a Sapporo-based artist, Satoshi Hata, and she also helped me out with this project. And he was, he's also the gourmet guy who took me to all the great restaurants in uh, Hokkaido. He once told me that he could be related to Ainu family or his mother's side of the family, maybe part Ainu. And some people prefers to keep it rather low profile, their Ainu heritage because of the discrimination. Yet he doesn't know if it's true, but he thinks it is, and he doesn't speak the language or knows much of his customs. But that was quite interesting. And throughout the film, the only thing I directed was the part that he does his hand gesture before eating. That comes from the Ainu uh, gesture called onkami. There's a formal way of doing, but in my film, uh, I told him just to do the half part of it so that it looks like he's appreciative to what he's about to eat. My version of Onkami is done incompletely, and that also deals with his personal relationship to Ainu culture, which is he thinks is incomplete. It's a very sensitive decision. There is some reality to how the traditions are being lost mm. due to my race and how it's been fading, but they're at the same time, they're trying to preserve it. So there's this dynamics happening surrounding this one particular culture. So I, I wanted to, well, that was my interpretation of, of the current status, which mm. is not full, but people are still trying to uh, be aware of it. Uh, have you shown the film to the people at the restaurant? Have they seen it? Well, um, we were supposed to visit them, but uh, unfortunately the COVID-19 yeah. has... Uh, we we haven't visited the restaurant yet. I, I also offered to burn a disc, so maybe I'll ship that. I think the chef will be really happy. But they were, they were really excited that it's getting into a lot of festivals. That's excellent. Well, we'll be really excited to see where your film travels to next. And thank you so much for speaking with us today, you. Thank you very much. Such an honor.